Hello, this is Dr. Emmett Miller. Having lost your job, it is clear that you need to go past inhibiting emotions and distractions, take charge, and deal with some big challenges. To take charge of your life, the very first step is to be able to relax and enter the present moment, to let go of thoughts about the past and about the future as well. This means quieting down your limbic system. The next step is to take charge of your thinking and to focus your mind on finding a healthy balance and a new direction in your life. As you know, there are two different parts of your mind. One part of your mind is the subconscious part which dwells in an evolutionarily very ancient part of your brain, the paleomammalian cortex. It is called paleomammalian because it functions very much like a similar part of the brains of lower animals, such as squirrels, dogs, monkeys. Its job is to ensure your survival in life-or-death situations. Whenever it receives messages that there is a threat, it goes into a fight-or-flight mode, creating tension, fear, anxiety, worry, and or anger and frustration. In addition, it secretes emergency hormones, such as adrenaline, cortisol, and other inflammatory stress chemicals into your bloodstream. The function of these hormones is, basically, to dissolve the organs of your body to produce glucose for the purpose of energizing you in your hand-to-hand -hand combat with the attacking saber-toothed tiger. The other part of your mind, the one you're more familiar with, is your conscious mind. When functioning, it is intentional, analytic, focused, organized, and creative. Its home is in your neocortex, and it is an evolutionarily much more recent development. This is the part of your mind you must use wisely to analyze and creatively solve the problems you are currently facing. Unfortunately, at times of great turmoil, such as after losing your job, a stress reaction is triggered in your limbic system. This reaction produces all your stress symptoms and blocks the functioning of your higher conscious mind. You end up distracted by emotions, worries, and escape behaviors, such as withdrawal, maladaptive habits, and addictions. Today, you're going to learn how to use your ability to relax to quiet the unproductive thoughts originating from your monkey mind, as I affectionately refer to the subconscious. Once the distractions are gone and your mind is clear, you will learn how to use your selective awareness to focus on making wise choices and motivating the kind of thinking that will help you bounce back with vitality and confidence. Finally, today, you will learn a new tool for developing mindfulness, the Mindfulness Meditation. So, without further ado,
Here is the secret to taking charge of your mind and brain. First, I'm going to ask you to experience your conscious mind, okay? Make a fist with either your right hand or your left hand. Now relax that hand. No problem, right? Using your conscious mind, you decided which hand and then decided to perform the two tasks that I suggested. Now touch your tongue to the roof of your mouth and think of a kind of fruit. Easy, right? Again, that's you using your conscious mind. Now, without moving, salivate. Cause saliva to flow into your mouth from your salivary glands. Not so easy, huh? Now, speed up your heart rate. Raise your blood pressure. And cause your stomach to get queasy. You can't because these behaviors are under the control of your subconscious, your monkey mind. And because you don't know how to control your monkey mind, you are helpless, right? Well, not exactly. Because in the next few minutes, I'm going to teach you how to speak monkey. That is, how to translate your conscious intentions into the language that that part of your brain understands. To start with, let's learn a little bit more about your conscious mind, the part that you have the ability to control. Please, follow along and guide your conscious mind in the way I suggest. Think about a helicopter. Notice how quickly you can bring a helicopter to mind its rotors, the place where the pilot sits, you may even see it flying. Quickly now, think about a piece of paper. Think about a pineapple. Think about the Eiffel Tower. Think about the name of the President of the United States. Think about a fish. What's your phone number? In what country were you born? How many fingers and toes do you have? No problem, right? Now try to think about all of them at the same time. You can't do it. Isn't that interesting? Your conscious mind is so powerful, you can think of any one of millions of different things. But in any given moment, you can really only think about one. Have you ever tried to carry on a phone conversation while someone in the room with you is asking you a question? You really can't. In other words, your conscious mind has great selectivity, but very limited capacity. Your mental life, therefore, basically consists of a linear string of thoughts, one after another, and one at a time. I mean, you're walking along and thinking about what you want to buy in the store you're going to, and then you notice a car that looks just like the one that Carl used to drive, but it's being driven by a woman with blonde hair, and you think, 
do blondes really have more fun? You chuckle a little at your little joke and notice a tickle in your throat and begin to wonder if you're catching a cold or a dangerous viral infection. And you notice a feeling of fear in your chest. And then you realize that you've walked past the store and that you never figured out your shopping list, and so on, and so on. These thoughts flash in and out like electrical charges. They flash on for a moment and are replaced by the next one. The ability to focus on a huge range of things, but only one thing at a time, is what I call the selective awareness property of the human mind. And that little example just demonstrated the way most people spend most of their waking hours, basically one distraction after another. And this distractedness tends to be even worse when we're under stress. Now, let's use your selective awareness in a different way. Close your eyes for a moment and think about a lemon and picture it in your mind, a large, ripe, yellow lemon. And imagine you're holding it in your hand, standing in front of a cutting board. You see the bumpy yellow skin of the lemon, and you feel the bumps on its surface, and you turn it over so you can see the place where the stem had been attached. Now imagine that in your other hand you have a very sharp knife. You can see the bright reflections on its polished steel blade. Now place the lemon on the cutting board and carefully cut it in half. Feel the pressure of the knife as it slices through the lemon, cutting it exactly in half, watching the juice run out along the knife blade. Look at the cut surface of one of the halves, and look, you've cut one of the seeds in half. Now slice that half lemon in half again, and look at that juicy quarter of a lemon in your hand. Lift it slowly toward your face and smell the cut surface, and enjoy the lemony fragrance. Now open your mouth and bite into the juicy flesh of this ripe lemon. Feel your teeth sink into it, and feel the sour lemon juice as it squirts into your mouth, over your tongue, and suck more juice out of this sour lemon, the juiciest lemon you've ever tasted, filling your mouth with its sour lemony flavor. And what do you notice in your mouth? Why, you're salivating. Now open your eyes. What you just experienced is that a normally subconscious action was caused through your conscious, intentional use of your selective awareness. You thought through a series of thoughts, and it triggered a subconscious behavior. Here's another simple example. Close your eyes 
and imagine you're walking through large glass doors from the sidewalk into the ground floor of a building in New York City. In front of you, you see the shiny steel door of an elevator, and as the door opens, you step onto the elevator and turn around to face the open door. A couple of other people get on, and the door closes. You feel a little lurch as the elevator starts moving upward, and you look up over the door at the numbers and notice how rapidly they are moving. Thirty, forty, forty-five, forty-seven, forty-eight, forty-nine, and you feel the elevator slowing down. Fifty, and you feel the little lurch as it comes to a stop on the fiftieth floor. The elevator door opens and you find you're on top of a roof in the city. There are other tall buildings around you, birds flying nearby overhead, and a helicopter flying not much higher than where you are. Now you slowly walk over to the edge of the roof, where you will notice there's a low wall around the edge of the roof. You put your hands on the wall and bend forward a bit and look down. Far below, see the people walking on the sidewalk. They look like ants down there, and the cars look like little matchboxes crawling along. Now, climb up onto the wall and stand on the top, and stand so that your toes poke out a few inches over the edge of the little wall, so now you can look down between your feet and see the people in the traffic fifty floors below. And if you lean over just a little further, very carefully, you can see all the windows going down the side of the building you're standing on the top of. And now you notice a little breeze coming up from behind you that blows gently against your back, and so you have to lean back a little bit to resist that breeze. Now. Notice what you feel in your body. Your heart is beating faster. Your blood pressure has gone up, and you may feel that tension or queasiness in your stomach. Maybe you even feel perspiration in your palms. Take a deep breath in, and as you let it out, let your body relax again, and open your eyes. Good. Once again, a simple demonstration that if you cluster your thoughts in a certain way, you can intentionally control the behavior of your limbic system and your subconscious mind. And just as you are able to do this in these very simplistic examples, you will soon learn how to apply the same principles to quiet negative thinking and to evoke the kind of thinking that will empower you to use your mind to the fullest. And how did you do it? You used your selective awareness to gain access to your imagination. Your imagination is the language you will use 
to communicate with your monkey mind. It works because your monkey mind can't tell the difference between reality and imagination. Now here is a more useful demonstration of selective awareness. What would happen if you decided to think about the 20 worst tragedies you can think of that have happened in our world in the last two months? One after another, think about those tragic situations for five minutes. You don't have to do it, but you know what you would feel? You'd feel bad. You'd think, oh, the world is a terrible place. It's a painful place. So many people suffering. How can people be so stupid and insensitive and so mean? You'd begin to feel uncomfortable feelings inside, maybe fearful, angry, helpless, or sad, because your monkey mind would think all these things are happening right now, and it would think that it needed to stir up the emotions and chemistry to deal with an immediate threat to your life. It doesn't have a sense of the difference between past, present, and future. Everything is happening in the present to your monkey mind. If, on the other hand, you were to close your eyes and think of the 20 most beautiful things you've ever seen and the most spiritually moving experiences you've ever had. And while you thought of this beauty, you refuse to let extraneous thoughts distract you. Instead, you'd feel relaxed, happy, fortunate, and grateful. And the feelings you'd have in your body would reflect these emotions. You'd feel empowered, strong, hopeful, and you would be able to use your mind and your imagination more creatively. This is really mind over matter. You are going to learn to use your selective awareness in many ways in this program, and you'll gradually discover the enormous power it gives you over your mind and life. One very effective way to use your selective awareness is to guide your thinking in such a way that you enter the meditative state. Right now I'm going to share with you a simple but profound way to meditate, one that I learned from one of my most revered teachers, Thich Nhat Hanh. It's called mindfulness meditation. Let yourself sit in a comfortable position. If the traditional cross-legged position is comfortable, you might choose that. Or simply sit upright in a chair. Or even recline if those positions are not comfortable for you. But mind you do not fall asleep. Choose a point on the wall or an object in front of you and keep your focus there.
or simply let your eyelids close. Allow yourself to be aware of your breathing. The air comes in and the air goes out. Simply allowing yourself to be aware. Are you breathing in right now or are you breathing out? Just identifying for yourself. Hmm, this is an in-breath. This is an out-breath. That's all. What recognizes your in-breath is your conscious mind. The object of your conscious mind, that is, of your mindfulness, is the in-breath or the out-breath. And you are totally focused on it as other thoughts fade into the background. Breathing in, this is my in-breath. Breathing out, this is my out-breath. Breath follows breath, follows breath effortlessly. Thinking slows down and slows down until thinking will vanish and there is simply breathing in, breathing out. The past does not exist and can never exist again, breathing in, breathing out, no future, only the ever-present now, breathing in, breathing out, and soon you begin to really enjoy each breathing in, each fresh new breath is like a celebration of life. Each breathing out is a joyful release into the miracle of being alive. Sometimes the breath is short and shallow. Sometimes it's a deep breath. No need to control it, just allowing yourself to be aware of what is. In each moment, this breath, this now, breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out. You may turn off the sound and just continue to meditate if you wish. Because the technique is so simple, 
you will quickly be able to do it on your own without my voice. Best to start with short sessions of three or five or eight minutes. Then, as you become more proficient, you will feel comfortable with and drawn to longer sittings, perhaps up to twenty minutes or even more. Just remember, don't push if it is not comfortable. Better a comfortable three-minute meditation than an uncomfortable hour meditation. Meditate about two or three times a day and watch as you maintain a sense of relaxed strength and are able to deal more effectively with challenges that come along. Great. So today you've learned how your ability to relax can quiet unproductive behaviors of your monkey mind. How focusing your mind with selective awareness can radically change your life and your experience of your life. How you can be wiser in your choices. Finally, you experienced an introduction to a very popular style of meditation, the mindfulness meditation. It is very easy to practice and very effective at quieting negative thoughts or feelings and for centering and resetting your mind and emotions. Have fun with it.